service. Hey guys, I want to talk to you about my Tacovas cowboy boots. I picked them up while I was in Austin, Texas. I had this event I had to go to that night. It was a formal thing. I had this idea of what I was going to wear, but I needed the one extra thing. And I was like, aha, Tacovas. There's a Tacovas here in Austin. The dudes who worked at the store were great. I found the exact boot I was looking for. This boot is called the Dylan. I got it in midnight black. I wore them to this formal event. I had on a suit. And then tonight, I'm going to wear them with jeans to my son's baseball game. These things are amazing cowboy boots. They're super comfortable, and I can tell already that they're going to last for a long time. A couple things you can do here to check out Tacovis. If you can, stop by your local Tacovis store. Have a complimentary drink or two. The experience is awesome. You can shop all the new styles. You're going to smell that fresh leather in the store. The friendly staff are going to be at your service. They're going to take care of you. They're going to make you feel like a rock star. A lot of the Tacovis stores have these leather custom branding services to make your boots truly personalized. They put on regular live music and events. It's an awesome in-store experience. So if you have the opportunity to check out a Tacova store, I highly recommend it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges. And they ship right to your door. Go to tacovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for checking out this bonus episode. Before we get into it, wanted to fill you in on the great content, all the great content that we got for you this week from the land of Double Elvis. Uh, here in Disgraceland, we just released a brand new episode on Mariah Carey. Tomorrow, we're releasing a rewind episode from our archive on Derek and the Dominoes, one of Eric Clapton's old bands. And this has a heavy Christmas slant to it. If you haven't heard this episode uh, and you want a little Christmas content, get into it. Uh, over in the Badlands feed, check out our new episode on Robert Blake and the murder of his wife, Bonnie Lee Bakley. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to thank all of you. Take this moment. Thank you all for your amazing support of our brand new kids show, Music Land Stories. This is a collaboration here at Double Elvis with our friends at Star Glow Media. This show has uh, developed quite the audience right out of the gate, cracked the Apple podcast overall top 10 last week. Uh, which I believe is a first for a kid's show. Uh, it's also, as of the recording of this episode, it's still number one on the kids and family chart on Apple Podcasts. So my point is, other than to just brag about how incredibly proud we are of this show, just to let you guys know that it's easy to find. Just go to the charts on Apple Podcasts or it's available everywhere. It's available on Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeart. You can find Music Land Stories. Give it a follow. We've got three episodes out right now. If you're in a about a girl fan, you'll recognize the host, Nikki Lynette. Uh, she's also the host of Music Land Stories. All right. More to come every Tuesday with Music Land Stories. But for now, let's get into this uh, bonus episode here, shall we? Hey, discos. Need a little more disgrace land in your life? Just a touch to get you through? Yeah, me too. This is the podcast that comes after the podcast. Welcome to Disgraceland, the after party. Welcome to the Disgraceland bonus episode, a little thing we like to call the after party. 
This is the show after the show, the party after the party, the bridge to get you from one full episode of Disgraceland to the other, the backyard to dig into the dirt. On this episode, we are talking, among other things, about our new full episode on Mariah Carey, a little bit on this week's Rewind episode on Derek and the Dominoes, and of course, your voicemails, texts, DMs, and more, and as always, a whole lot of rosy. All right, Disco's, let's get into it. All right, this week in Disgraceland, we are coming upon Christmas. We are here in the holiday season. And as such, we have a brand new episode on Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey in Disgraceland. Who would have thunk? Well, certainly not that dude on Instagram who's always hitting me up to do a replacements episode and is very pissed off that we cover Mariah Carey before the replacements. And I got to say, I don't blame him. I don't blame him one bit. But uh, I wanted to do this Mariah Carey episode because she is ubiquitous this time of year. And I wanted to dig into her story because I knew it was filled with drama. And I knew it would give me an excuse to talk about her massive hit, All I Want for Christmas Is You. More on that later. But here's the deal with this one. We plan our release schedule way out in advance. Okay, we've got, we got like, nine, 10 people who work on every episode. And as you know, we're hammering out the content. And Matt Bowden here at Team Double Elvis has this sort of um, beautiful mind schedule, a production schedule that lays everything out But for all of us to work on. And we're all working on different parts of different episodes at different times. The, the key to this, however, is planning. And we have to plan way far in advance. Uh, I mentioned this when we did the Diddy episode. Uh, we try to tell stories sometimes that dovetail nicely with different times of the year. Halloween, you may recall the Misfits episode or April Fool's Day, uh, you know, Jim Morrison, John Denver, uh, Thanksgiving. We're working on a good Thanksgiving episode already, or at least we're thinking about it for next year. I know what we're going to do. Uh, when you think about musicians and singers and you think about Christmas, I don't know how in the modern world you can't think about Mariah Carey and her ubiquitous holiday anthem, All I Want for Christmas is You, which continues to chart <laughs> and do big business 29 years after its original release. Now, you can say what you want about this song, and I don't particularly love this song. I've, I've kind of grown to accept it in my life. But there's one thing that we didn't touch upon in the episode, um, and then I talked about this. I did a little video on on Instagram and TikTok about this episode and about how much money it makes for Mariah, and I didn't talk about it there either. Uh, in case you're wondering, go to Disgr at DisgraceLandPod on Instagram. You'll, you'll get the whole context. But basically, All I Want for Christmas is You, the single, pulls in a cool $3 million every December for Mariah Carey. Not, not, uh, not bad stocking change. But the one thing, to my point, the one thing that we haven't yet discussed is, okay, this song came out 29 years ago. What's that put it at? Like uh, 94, something like that. I think it was released. And we have not talked about how timeless this song is. It sounds timeless. You cannot place it. Was it written in 1994? Was it written in 2004, 2024, 1984? Okay, it sounds a little more modern, I guess. I guess, I don't know, maybe it could pass for 84. It's definitely of the modern world, but it is timeless. And I think that pop stars, pop songwriters, strive for a certain amount of timelessness in 
their songs and in the, the, the records they produce. And that is most certainly part of the appeal here with All I Want for Christmas is You. Plus, Mariah Carey has kind of leaned into it. She's kind of become the, you know, the Christmas princess in a way. And, and that's cool. Good for her. Um, but I can just, even if I don't appreciate, even if I'm not reaching, you know, for the search bar on Spotify and banging in Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas for you, I can still appreciate the craftsmanship of the song, the production, the songwriting, and, and what it's actually done and how it was able to achieve this massive success, even if you don't like it. And even if like me, I, I hadn't, I haven't liked it at times. You can't argue with the results. You can't argue with the market, as they say. People want this song. It's the biggest selling Christmas song of all time. Beat that, Bing Crosby. Speaking of Bing Crosby, we also hit on some Bing Crosby stories, some David Bowie Bing Crosby stories over on Instagram. And, you know, if Mariah Carey ain't your thing, I get it. You know, we get into the darkness here in the episode with Tommy Mottola and her relationship with him and just how batshit that whole thing was and everything that went down there. And it's a, it's ultimately, the light here is ultimately a story of resilience and Mariah Carey, a survivor who goes beyond this incredibly, uh, I don't even know, I can't find the right adjective here to describe how fucked up this relationship was with her boss, who was also her husband. Uh, she persevered. And I love those stories. Um, but if this ain't your thing, I get it. So over at Disgraceland Pod on Instagram and on TikTok and probably on X as well. I'm done qualifying X, by the way, and saying that it used to be known as Twitter. It's X. Okay. From now on, it's X. And over on X as well. Uh, I'm going to be releasing these these daily little, little stories, little Christmas-related music or iconic uh, sort of dark stories, okay? To fill in the gaps here between Mariah Carey and uh, whatever we're doing on the other side of the year with new content. I can't even remember the next new episode we're doing, but it's coming, all right? So is Mariah Carey, is All I Want for Christmas for You, Sentimental Cheese? You, you bet, absolutely, 100%. Are we allowed to enjoy sentimental Christmas cheese every year? Sure thing, why not? That's part of what Christmas is all about, being sentimental, isn't it? You know? There's nothing wrong with being sentimental from time to time. And uh, I got a story for that as well. That's going to hit soon, very soon, on uh, in, in short form, in video, on Instagram. You'll see that. Uh, but anyways, this has, like I said, surveillance, armed guards, sabotage, and again, like I said, resilience. The resilience of one of the season's most enduring voices, Mariah Carey. So if you have not heard it, check it out. Now, if you want darkness, we got darkness. We got ultra darkness teed up for you tomorrow in your feed in the form of our Derek and the Dominoes, uh, Eric Clapton's former band. The episode we did on uh, Derek and the Dominoes and their drummer, Jim Gordon. And uh, whoo, just, uh, yeah, it's Christmas. It's, uh, it's madness. It's a descent into madness. It involves a hammer, a butcher knife, and uh, some, some dead family members. And that's all I'm going to say there. But uh, check it out. The score is beautiful. Matt Bowden crushed the mix on this one. Pretty sure he did the music as well. He killed it. Um, all right. So to recap, that's Mariah Carey plus a rewind on Derek in the Dominoes, all in your Disgraceland feed. This week, I have been super active lately over on Instagram and TikTok, but uh, you know, mainly Instagram first. And uh, I've been doing these little videos almost daily, trying to get into these uh, interesting 
sort of holy shit moments that are either in our episodes or adjacent to our episodes, you know, the amount of money that Mariah Carey makes for this song, that's an interesting thing. We didn't actually hit on that in the episode. Uh, the beef between Sting and uh, and Diddy, you know, because we did this Diddy episode over the, the royalties and uh, lots of back and forth about that. I talked a little bit about in one of the videos, the... Um, the Jane's Addiction, Dave Navarro story of Connie Navarro, her murder. And uh, that video is up over 400,000 views at this point. And that, I mean, a lot of them, the Diddy Sting video is over 100,000, you know, and we don't have that many followers, um, but we're growing and growing fast now because of this. So I'm going to keep doing it. It's occurred to me over the last two weeks in releasing these videos that this is part of what you guys want. You guys want these incredibly um just i call them holy shit moments holy shit learning moments just the stuff i come across constantly when i'm researching uh these these subjects and i try to jam as many of them as i can into the episodes but oftentimes i can't because uh, you know we do have a story to tell um and i'm just going to do more of it the other thing i found that you guys that you guys really appreciate and really like we released that in excess episode and uh you know the last sort of five minutes of the episode are really a tribute to Michael Hutchins and a send-off. And uh, I'm trying to figure out a way to do do that, not just in the episodes, but do it elsewhere, create content for you guys that's based on these musicians and these icons uh, that pays tribute to them in a way. And it really got me thinking about how, you know, in these episodes, they're dark, right? We talk about this all the time and they're dark stories, but there's always light. In almost all of them, there's always, always light. All right, maybe not the Dirk and the Dominoes one, but there's always light that I seek out as a writer, a researcher, a storyteller. And I feel like that's that's part of what we do. I feel like that's what keeps you guys, part of what keeps you guys coming back. If I'm wrong, let me know. 617-906-6638, voicemail or text. I went long in this segment, so I'm going to take a quick break back on the other side with some responses to your emails, to your texts, to your voicemails. Hey, are you guys proud dog owners like I am? You ever wonder why so many dogs are suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, you know Katherine Heigl from Knocked Up, She's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation. And she says that she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, Catherine feels that there's one place that we can all look to improve our dog's health, and that is their food. Many dog foods can actually create toxins that can be wrecking our dog's health. Okay, and this is true even for many of the premium dog food brands. However, by just adding a few special superfoods to our dog's diets, we can see huge transformations in their health. Katherine Heigl has already done this. She's made a video about it. You guys need to watch this video. It's a 20 minute video explaining step-by-step step how anyone can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. This worked amazingly for my dog, Dusty. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin, uh, healthier coat. Dusty's coat looks fantastic. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com slash disgraceland and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com slash disgraceland.
All right, we are back. And if you're listening to this, you're new here, you're a, you're a new Disgraceland listener. I got to say, I should have said this at the top. This is a bonus episode. This isn't the real thing, okay? This is sort of the shirt after the shirt. Uh, this is we're coming down after the full episode, the real episode, the scripted, scored, sound designed, edge of your seat, immersive storytelling episode. We do those on Tuesdays. We do these bonus episodes on Thursdays. The full episodes are the full episodes. We call these the after parties pretty easy to understand. So if you're new, and I know we have a lot of new listeners over the last few weeks, I appreciate you. I'm very stoked that you're here. Just giving you a little lay of the land. Got an email here from a new listener. This one from David Warden writes in, hey, Jake, I recommend you do a podcast on Daryl or Phil from Pantera. Should be very polarizing, giving the Panteras back in the news and on the road. And Daryl was shot to death on stage. I'm going to cut you off right there, David. Um, We did do an episode on Pantera, most specifically on Dimebag Daryl Abbott. So check that out. You can find that in the Disgraceland archive. It's there. It's ready for you. You're going to love it. Uh, We don't touch on Phil that much because like you said, yeah, polarizing and, uh, you know, maybe at another time, but if you want your your Phil of the Abbott brothers, you're going to get them in this Pantera episode that we did. Another email here from longtime listener, Benedetto If I'm saying this wrong, I apologize, but I recognize this dude's name from Instagram. Benedetto Manzella, or Benedito Manzella. However you pronounce it, I apologize uh, if I got it wrong. Uh, Subject, Bourdain, message. Hey, Jake, been meaning to write this all week, but my head has been a mess and my computer was down for the count. And uh, typing on the touchscreen of a phone with my wide thumbs is a crime scene of mafia proportions, so I'll spare you. Anyhow, as we messaged about on Instagram, I'm eagerly looking forward to your episode on Anthony Bourdain. And when you recently asked about your favorite episodes, I knew I needed to write you directly. I think one of the trademarks of Bourdain and his appeal is he had a way of reinforcing introducing people to things and places they had established ideas about. I could easily say episodes in a variety of international locales and I may never see were my favorite for opening my eyes to the life I'm unfamiliar with, but I found that his two episodes in Los Angeles memorably hit me. Growing up in a suburb of LA, 30 miles south of downtown, the city in all its sprawl has never been something I feel connected to. I never felt connected to the port town suburb of San Pedro where I grew up either. Shout out to the Miniman, that's me doing the shout out. Uh, But that is a different story altogether. LA was always talked about as a monolith of sorts and with a poorly maintained bus system, it was always just out of reach. I'm endlessly grateful for a new perspective on Los Angeles that has helped me appreciate where I'm from rather than outright resent it. And I may not ever be a fan of LA, but Mr. Bourdain conquered my stubbornness, which is something few have succeeded at. Hopefully this makes sense and is even a bit entertaining. Cheers. Hey, I love this. You're so right. This is why I love Bourdain. This is why I love most of the sort of adventure writers who I've read in the past. It's a weird way of describing them, but you know what I mean. I feel like we're all looking for a different perspective, aren't we? Maybe not all of us, but I am. I don't want to just be coddled in my views. I don't want to just be shown the same thing that I'm known to love over and over again. I want to be challenged. And to be totally honest with you. Um, you know, I felt this way about the Boston episode that Bourdain did. He showed places that I, I knew existed. Some I'd even been to before, but showed them in a way that was, had a new light and a new perspective and sort of reinvigorated my feeling for the city at the time. And for definitely for some of those locales. Um, 
and I'm deep into Bourdain at the moment in the research. I'll talk about this later. Talk about it maybe in the rap party episode as well. Uh, for those new listeners, that's the other bonus episode we do in our other podcast feed for our other podcast called Badlands, which is Hollywood and true crime, not just music and true crime here in Disgraceland. Um, but anyways, appreciate your email. Thank you. You guys want to email me, disgracelandpod at gmail.com. As you know, you can also call me, leave a voicemail. You can send me a text as well, 617-906-6638. I want to dive into these voicemails and texts right here. All right, let's hear from our boy Ish in the 781. Jake, what up? Your boy Ish. Uh, talking about Christmas movies, a little Disgraceland, Badlands crossover. I'm sure you know, and we all know, that David Johansson of New York Dolls is in the movie Scrooge. So, yeah, that's it. Disco. Love the crossover, dude. I might play this on the rap party as well because you're so right. The David Johansson, New York Dolls uh, in the movie Scrooge. And also it's a sh time to shout out the David Johansson documentary that's on Showtime. It's been playing now. Scorsese produced it. It's fantastic. Uh, check that out. David Johansson from the New York Dolls. And if any of you have not heard the New York Dolls episode of Disgrace and it is ready and it is waiting for you. All right, let's hear this message from the 402. Hi, Jake. Um, calling from the 402. Just wanted to um, leave a message about this week's um, after party. I am um, a huge fan. I've been a fan since day one. Um, I'm a disco through and through. I think that you've done a great job with navigating um, not offending people and being um, a little sensitive to the causes that be, whether it be kiddos or women or crossing um, boundaries of some of the more aggressive crimes. I feel like Diddy completed, uh, not completed, I feel like, in my opinion, he is um, guilty of some of the things that he has done. Um, I graduated in 93, and I um, was around different people. And let's just say that um, uh, he's not the best guy. So one of the things I just wanted to say is when you worded it as he forcefully um, denies the allegations, forcefully is not really the best word, maybe um, vehemently or what have you, but I'm sure irregardless, um, for those of us with past trauma that um, forcefully um, denies maybe isn't the best wording. So I know you have the best of intentions. I love you guys over there. The whole staff, um, Seth, everyone, I just wanted to say that I know that you did your best to put the episode out with care, and um, I will continue to be a fan. And I just think he's he's a bad guy. And um doesn't deserve any uh, any benefit of the doubt because he is guilty. Thank you. All right, 402, point taken. I totally get the difference between forcefully and vehemently in this situation and uh, appreciate the message. Um, we're going to get more information, more real, more hard information. I don't want to say more real. Let's just say uh, more provable 
perhaps information on Diddy. And when we do, we will dive back into this story and uh, tell it as fully as we can. Uh, thanks again for listening. Thanks for being open-minded and appreciate the voicemail. All right, let's check out this voicemail from the 973. Yeah, Jake, how are you? This is Jerry from Flanders. I just heard the episode about the Canadian um, star, the young lady who was killed by the coyotes, creepy and brutal. But I still have, I said something to you once before about this. I'm going to say it again. There's a great story about a gentleman named Les Harvey. He was in a Scottish rock band called Stone the Crows. The lead singer was Maggie Bell. And during a concert, an indoor concert, that the audience screwed around with the uh, the crowns and stuff like that, the gentleman walked up to, to the microphone to, to do a sound check. And we know that European current is 220. He electrocuted himself on stage in front of the audience. That's a great story. Come on. All right. Thank you very much. Bye. Hey, 973 Jerry, you sick bastard. Appreciate the text. Uh, Jerry's talking about the story of Taylor Mitchell, which wasn't actually a podcast episode. It was a video that we just did on, on Instagram. It's only about 60 seconds long. And it's the story, uh, we're eventually going to do an episode on it. It's a story of this young woman, a Canadian folk artist who goes, this wasn't too long ago. It was about 10, 15 years ago, who goes for a walk uh, in a Canadian national forest and she's, uh, she's attacked and eaten alive. Um, I'll let you guys find out the rest over at Disgraceland Pod. Um, there's, uh, the story that Jerry's lobbying for here. I, I don't remember this, Jerry, perhaps you called him before and I'm, uh, I'm blanking on it, but this is fascinating. And uh, if it doesn't warrant a full 30-minute episode, perhaps there's something I can do in video and uh, get that out there. I will look into it, I promise you. Um, as someone who has had something very similar happen to him, you know, I've sang in bands my whole life pretty much. And um, when you're a singer in a band, you get electrocuted. It's just uh, cost of doing business, occupational hazard. It happens. Um, and I remember it was one of those things that would, when it would happen to me, it would it would just put me in the absolute worst mood, the worst mood. There's something about the electrocution, um, the electricity that just, it just made me angry and, and ornery more so than I was at the time. And I was a pretty angry kid. Um, but I remember once it happened so bad in a studio, there was this old studio that up, up in Revere, Revere Beach, that uh, my buddy Paul Coldery had taken over for a while and he was trying to get it back into, back into shape. And I think it might've been like some like, you know, mafia front back in the day when the mafia was really running things up in Revere. It was a huge studio, Fleetwood, that was the name of it. Um, if it wasn't mafia fronted, then I apologize to anyone who may be involved or may have been involved with Fleetwood pre-Paul Coldery. But I remember we were there and, and Paul was kind of using myself because I was a friend of his and, and my band at the time as sort of guinea pigs to, to figure out the kinks in the studio. And we had done this before when he opened Camp Street, which was the old Fort Apache. Um, and we were there, we were recording and I loved it because there were so many rooms in this place and it was huge, massive live room um, and, and a ton of old gear. And we were recording in one of the smaller rooms on this night. And I don't even know if Paul was there. It was with um, our friend, Adam, who Adam Taylor, who was engineering for Paul and Adam was involved with this podcast back in the beginning. And I remember I stepped to the mic and Adam will remember this and uh, my lips hit it and it shocked me so bad. I, it was like fucking, uh, you know, Michael J. Fox and back to the future. Like I literally, I, I left the ground and I fell back 
off my feet. And uh, it was brutal. It was br- scared the hell out of everyone. Um, I was too angry to be scared. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I didn't die, thankfully. That did not happen in Europe. It happened in Revere. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, North Shore Riviera. Anyways, um, I'm digressing big time. 617-906-6638. You guys want to leave a voicemail or send me a text. I'll do a couple texts here real quick. This one from the 703. Hey, I needed to just write in and tell you how much Disgraceland has helped me. I first discovered you in the spring of 2018. My dad lived in Florida and was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. I would visit monthly at first, and as he declined, I would go as often as weekly until he passed away on July 3rd, 2019. Your podcast helped me through the seven-hour drive each way from Charleston, South Carolina to his home in Florida. You provided entertainment and distraction during the darkest times of my life. I still listen every time I go on the road trip and recommend you to everyone I know. Thank you, Jake. Love a huge fan, Jennifer. Jennifer, thank you so much. Uh, uh, I don't even know what to say. This makes me, it, it makes me very grateful and humbled uh, to hear you say this. And, uh, yeah, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're set up for a good holiday season here. I'm sad to hear about the passing of your dad. And I'm glad that uh, we here at Double Elvis were able to provide some sort of distraction or uh, or comfort. All right, guys, 617-906-6638, text or voicemail. This one from the 310. What's up, Jake? In the Jane's after party, in the bonus episode after the Jane's addiction full episode, you were talking about how you like some of the more obscure suggestions for band content. Like you, my music tastes are all over. Back when grunge was coming on the scene, I lived in Seattle and I was not a fan. And I generally still am not. But what about an episode on Mother Love Bone and Temple of the Dog? Lots of guys from those lineups went on to form some of the biggest bands of the era. Reminds me of what was happening in LA in the late 70s and early 80s when some collabs led to bands like Guns N' Roses, etc. Just a thought. And yeah, man, I did combine in the feeds. So much crossover content to explore. Rockarola from Ryan out in the 310. We're definitely going to do a Mother Love Bone. I, I, you know what? You're right. There's so much Seattle stuff. There's the Andrew Wood stuff. There's Chris Cornell. There's Lane Staley. I almost don't even know how to organize my thoughts around it, but we are going to do it at some point. Um, and I want to try to get away without making a whole other series here and just do a couple great episodes for you guys. 617-906-6638, hit me up. What do you want to hear? What do you want in the new year? What episodes do you want? Text me, voicemail. Take a quick break, back in flash. All right, we are back, and this is the recommendations part, the part of the show we recommend the things that need recommending the recommendations part. Here in the after party, we're talking music mainly. Those are the types of recommendations we do. We save the movie content for over in the rap party bonus episode, unless, of course, it is a music-related movie, and I am not prepared to talk about any music-related movies right now because I... My 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 lid my brim I'm full I'm totally filled up here with with what I'm watching and I'm not going to get into it here but I have been listening to a lot of stuff and I've been trying to organize my thoughts on my favorite Christmas music and it's fucking hard because I love Christmas music and I know you guys do too based on the insane engagement we're seeing over on the uh, Disgraceland Instagram page right now the video specifically about 
the Mariah Carey song, All I Want for Christmas is You, it being the highest selling, most successful Christmas song of all time, I asked you guys, is it your favorite? And I'm getting inundated with your favorites, so many of them. So I thought, what are my favorites? And I've been thinking about it all week and it's damn hard to answer, okay? Just generally speaking, as fucking basic as it is, I have to say that the Vince Giraldi stuff just, I mean, it's like I put the turkey away on Thanksgiving night and I just reach for that album. It's like the first one to get to get me in the spirit. But then if I'm actually being honest with myself, once that wears off, once I'm through the Charlie Brown melancholy and I'm just in the spirit and I'm sitting up late at night and I'm cozy with my stereo and my glass of bourbon, I, the thing I almost always go to more often than not is the Ella Fitzgerald Swinging Christmas album. It's actually not called the Swinging Christmas album. It's called A Swinging Christmas. And Ella Fitzgerald has a lot of Christmas content out there. So don't get it twisted. It's this record specifically, A Swinging Christmas with Ella Fitzgerald. You cannot go wrong, okay? The other thing I need to talk about here, the Dean Martin Christmas album. Again, another guy with a ton of, of Christmas content out there, but his version of Blue Christmas on this record, I'm going to say something here that no one's going to agree with me on. It's better than Elvis's version. And I guarantee you, if you asked Elvis Presley, if it was better, he would agree with me. It's unbelievably cool. Dean Martin, I don't know how he did it. He was one of these guys who was from that incredibly, you know, at the time, uncool generation, the World War II generation, which was extremely uncool to the uh you know to the to the boomers the 60s the hippies all that but he 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 survived all that through the rap pack years with Frank Sinatra but even even though that stuff was for another generation Dean kind of had this coolness that I feel like just it it transcended maybe it didn't maybe I'm projecting how cool I think he, Dean Martin is <laughs> Uh, with this opinion, but I don't know, man, listen to the vocal on Blue Christmas, his version of it. And again, he's probably got multiple versions of it. I'm talking about the version on the Dean Martin Christmas album, Beyond Cool. Also, Christmas, Baby Please Come Home, the Darlene Love, Phil Spector produced Darlene Love, unbelievable. All the letterman, I, I went through a fucking, I went into a rabbit hole on Instagram on stories and, and posted a bunch of her performances from Letterman doing that song. He would have her back most every year. Uh, just fantastic. That might be my favorite, but, but my real favorite, my real favorite, I think my favorite of all time right now is this song. William Bell. Every day will be like a holiday by William Bell. Okay, apologies for the shitty sound quality. That's literally me holding my phone up to the microphone in my uh, closet studio here. <laughs> All right, but that song, Every Day Will Be Like a Holiday by William Bell. Again, there are multiple versions of this, but it is the William Bell version 
that is the best. And I think he only has one. And just to be shit sure, I'm going to tell you what record it's on. It's on an album called The Very Best of William Bell. So there you go. William Bell, Stax guy, I think. Yeah, Stax Records. And you can kind of hear it in the horns there. Just a great, great, great song. So there are a few of my faves. I could go on and on and on. I want to tell you a little bit about White Christmas, though, okay? I'm dreaming, you know, the Irvin Berlin one, the one that Bing Crosby had the massive hit with. Uh, That song is not what you think it is. And I'm going to tell you what that song is, but I'm going to do it in video form and I'm going to do it on Instagram at Pod. By the time you hear this, it's probably going to be up. And it's an incredible story. It's incredibly dark. And uh, I think you're going to dig it. So search that out. All right. 617-906-6638. Hit me back. Let me know how your Christmases were, what you did to celebrate, where you went, what you listened to when you traveled to wherever it was you were going. All right. I want to know, did you listen to the new Mariah Carey episode? Did you listen to the Rewind Derek and the Dominoes episode? We originally released this one. We intentionally did this on December 14th, 2021 as part of season eight. It was intentionally done as a Christmas episode. You're going to hear that when you listen to it. As I mentioned earlier, it's a dark one, Uh, not just because of the tragedy of the band's drummer, Jim Gordon, or the cocaine addiction of Eric Clapton. By the way, Eric Clapton... I like Eric Clapton. I don't love Eric Clapton. Um, and and I, the stuff I love, actually, there's parts I do love about Eric Clapton. The things I love about Eric Clapton, I think, are the things that most people hate about Eric Clapton. I like Eric Clapton when he's making, like, pop songs. I don't like Eric Clapton when he's fucking whining over George Harrison's wife. And you know what I mean? Like, come on, dude. It just, it got so dark with that dude. It, and for and later, I got it. I mean, you know, you lose a kid. All I hear, I hear you. I have a lot of respect for Eric Clapton in a lot of different ways. Um, but so much of the things that I, the whole Clapton is God thing, that was never my thing. I'm not not into that. All right. Um, but anyways, this episode about Eric Clapton, about Derek and the Dominoes, is also about the murder of the Lawson family in Germantown, North Carolina, uh, which happened at Christmas back in 1929. And you might be saying, what the hell does any of that have to do with Eric Clapton? We could just get a listen to the episode. Okay. And this is one of the best produced Disgraceland episodes ever. You're going to be on the edge of your seat right where we intended to put you. 617-906-6638. Leave me a voicemail. Send me a text. Let me know what you think. I'm going to be back in a quick moment. All right, welcome back again, 617-906-6638. You can hit me up on Instagram, at Pod X, Facebook as well, TikTok. We are on TikTok daily, multiple times a day now. Also, YouTube, at DisgraceLamPod. Uh, let's recap, all right? Number one, but wait, before I get into this, I just want to say, I hope you all have an incredible holiday. I hope you get to stop, pause, breathe, Take a moment, feel real joy, feel the hope, feel the gratitude for those in your life that you love and for the abundance that you have, which even if it's not material, I'm sure you have it in other ways, spiritually, creatively, whatever it may be. We are lucky to be above ground every day. Feel that and know that I am grateful for all of your support. I truly am. This conversation that we have, this community that we've built and that we are continuing to build, it is very much 
part of what makes me get up in the morning. It is very much part of what makes me happy, provides me with real happiness. And I am very grateful to all of you for that. And I, I sincerely hope you're having a great holiday season. Uh, and I'm looking forward to next year. We've got a lot of great stuff in store for you guys. All right. So Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. And if I don't catch you by the new year, Happy New Year as well. Okay, let's recap. Number one right now on your feed, a brand new episode, Christmas episode on Mariah Carey. Number two coming tomorrow, a rewind episode on Derek in the Dominoes. Number three over in the Badlands feed, we've got a new episode on Robert Blake. Number four next week in the Disgraceland feed, some more episodes from our archive. We're going way back during this holiday break and we're going to bring to all the newbies out there who are just joining Disgraceland some of our first and finest episodes, the Jerry Lee Lewis episode, the Norwegian black metal episode, and our episode on Prince. And do not dismay, we have more brand new Disgraceland episodes coming at you in January as well, okay? Number five, my number is 617-906-6638. Call me on the telephone or text me. And number six, remember, no one cares about the music you love more than you do, and well, that's a disgrace. All right, my moment of bliss in honor of this week's Disgraceland episode on Mariah Carey, me switching it up and reading you the current Billboard Hot 100 chart. Number one, all I want for Christmas is you. Last week, number two, peak position, one, weeks on chart, 63. Number two, rocking around the Christmas tree, Brenda Lee. Last week, one, peak position, one, Weeks on chart, 56. Number three, Jingle Bell Rock, Bobby Helms. Last week, three. Peak position, three. Weeks on chart, 54. Number four, Last Christmas, Wham! Last week, four. Peak position, position. Weeks on chart, weeks on chart, Number five, Holly Jolly Christmas. Quit talking and start mixing. Cut it!